kingdom greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. I pray that you are prospering in every area of your lives because God is good all the time and all the time God is good. I pray that the word of the Lord may cover the whole earth as the waters are covering the seas. I pray that the word of the Lord may reach the islands of the seas and the nations of the world. I pray that the word of the Lord may reach the uttermost parts of the earth and the central parts thereof. Because God says when he sends his word, it shall never return void. It will accomplish every purpose to which it was sent. Remember, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning and nothing that was made was made without the weight because all things were made by the weight and then also says and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten son of god full of grace and truth right so um faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god and it is impossible to please god without faith for he that comes to god must believe that god exists and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So um, it's important to understand the power of the word incorporated with faith because um, having the word alone is not enough. You need to believe in the word that you carry. You need to have faith in God, have faith in the word that you carry and you'll get results, right? Um, God is with you all the time. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you unto the end of time. Now, let's read the Bible. Um, the scripture from which we're going to read is in Ephesians um, chapter 6. Uh, it reads as follows. We read from verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So our warfare is not with flesh and blood, it's not with people, but it is with spirits that are dwelling in people. It is with spirits that are in the atmosphere. It is with spirits and principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. So it is not the people that hates you that you are fighting with. It is actually the spirit in them. So go beyond the person and deal with the spirit in prayer and defeat every principality and power through prayer. All right. Now let's read also 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, verse 4 and verse 5. It says, For, we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's basically what um, he said in the other book where he says, uh, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So he says, even though we walk in the flesh, even though we are human beings, our warfare is not in the flesh. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. We do not fight people, but um, we deal with spirits. We overthrow principalities and powers. We defeat them because greater is he, Jesus, that is in us than the devil that is in the world. Um, when we approach the enemy and we fight him, it's already victory on our side because we have Jesus who have conquered hell, death, sin and the grave. Now he's fighting on our behalf against the enemy. And when we appear, demons have no choice but to disappear because greater is he that is in us than the devil that is in the world. All right. Um, the Bible says uh, in verse 4 of the book we have opened, 
It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We are not using fleshly weapons. We are using spiritual weapons. In speaking of weapons, there is no, the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, right? It doesn't say there are no weapons formed. All weapons are formed, but none of those weapons which are formed will be able to prosper. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than the devil that is in the world. Now, let us prove it. Um, the verse I'm quoting, no weapon formed, it is actually found in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Um, we see Jesus um, having to go through the cross and crucifixion and all of those things. Now, we are proving the verse, no weapon formed. Now, um, there are things that took place, rather. Isaiah says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed by his stripes we are healed so he has he had wounds he had um bruises and he had um stripes the 39 stripes right now jesus suffered uh, different wounds um on the way to the cross and even on the cross right the first wound he suffered is called an abrasion this is when the skin got scraped off now remember he would pass out um, due to low blood pressure and as a result he would pass out and uh, as he passes out falls to the ground and the cross was heavy on his back um, his flesh would be scraped off and an abrasion or the abrased wound would take place right the second wound he suffered is called a contusion or a contused wound it was caused by the fact that remember when they blindfolded him and beat him on the face and they told him uh, prophesy to us who has beaten you so when they beat him on the face they caused a contusion or a contused wound. A third wound he suffered is called a laceration or a lacerated wound. Uh, this wound was caused by the weapon that they used against him. Uh, remember again, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But now let me explain the nature of the weapon. It was called a cat of nine tails. So it was um, a whip which has um, nine leather strands and each strand had a knot, each strand had a metallic ball, each strand had sharp animal bones. So when they whip him on his back, um, the metallic ball would cause the wound, um, the, the um, animal bones would cause the bruise, and then um, um, the, the, the whip will actually cause, the leather strand would cause the stripe on his back, right? Um, and when they whipped him, um, the, 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 the animal bones which were sharp would actually plug into his flesh on his back such that it needed manpower for them to pull back out the whip from his back. And when they pulled the whip out of his back, um, pieces of his flesh would be torn open and as a result, a laceration or the lacerated wound would take place, right? Um, if you read, I believe it's Psalms 129 verses 3, uh, David prophesies uh, the stripes of Jesus. He says prophetically, he says, The flowers plowed on my back and they made deep the furrow. The furrow is that hole, right, that was caused, um, the deep hole that was caused on Jesus' back when they uh, gave him the 39 stripes. So he says the flowers were plowing on my back he had a picture of people plowing literally plowing as they were giving jesus the 39 stripes right 
and then there's also a punctured wound it's a wound that is caused by a um, sharp or pointed um, object right the they tailor made the crown of thorns for him. They took the size of the head and then tailor made the crown of thorns um, to actually cause the punctured wound on his head. And then there's also a wound called incision. It's caused by a knife or a spear. Um, remember, they pierced his side and water and blood came out. Um, it is because they used um, a sword to pierce the side. And as a result, an incision took place. And then the final wound he suffered is called a penetrating wound. This is when um, they nailed his hand and um, the nail went from one side of the hand to the other side of the hand, from one side of the foot to the other side of the foot. Um, and as a result, a penetrating wound took place. Now, with all of those weapon, weapons that we used, none of them were able to actually kill Jesus because he didn't die because of those weapons. He lost blood, did not die. He was he dehydrated, did not die. Um, he was betrayed. Betrayal did not kill him. Um, he was thirsty. Thirst couldn't kill him. Um, he was forsaken. Uh, being forsook couldn't kill him. And even all the weapons they used against him didn't kill him because the Bible declares no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The only thing the weapons did was actually to make him bleed, to give him the wounds. Um, the bruises and the stripes, but the weapons didn't kill him. The only time Jesus died is when he uses um, the power of life and death, which is in the tongue. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's only when he said, Father, into your hand, I commit, I commit my spirit. And the Bible says he gave up the spirit, he gave up the ghost and he died, right? So he only died because of the power of life and death in the tongue. Had he not spoken that he's giving up, he's giving up the ghost to God, he's giving up his spirit to God, he would not have died because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And he chose to speak death and as a result, he died. But the weapons did not kill him. Now, the people who um, were uh, actually crucifying him, they would not be charged for murder. They would be charged for attempted murder because they did not murder him. They did not kill him. They attempted to, but they failed. The only thing that killed him was his words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and no weapon formed shall prosper. So we see that um, the Bible declares the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But the weapons of the enemy um, can never pull anything, can never do anything against us. They can only um, harm us and all of that, but they can't prosper. They can't fulfill the actual purpose for which they were sent against us because the weapons of our warfare a mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Anything that is a stronghold against your life, the weapon that we use of our warfare pulls every stronghold down and then you will have success in every area of your life as of today because we are dealing with principalities and powers. We're dealing with strongholds in prayer. Prayer is our weapon of warfare, right? So when we pray, strongholds are coming down by default in Jesus' name. And the Bible says in verse 5, we're casting down imaginations through prayer. We're casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus, right? So now as we pray, our prayer is casting down false imaginations or wrong imaginations. It is dealing with them in Jesus' name and um, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is dealt with by prayer. So if anything comes into your life and says, I'm greater than God, prayer will deal with it. 
and overthrow it in Jesus' name and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus. All your wandering thoughts, all your uncontrollable thoughts will be dealt with as we pray because the weapons of our warfare, and that is prayer, are not carnal, are not fleshly, are not of this world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now remember when we pray, the Bible says our Heavenly Father knows the things we are about to ask even before we ask. However, we need to meet God at the point of prayer. He's already waiting for us to pray. He knows what we need. He knows what we're going to utter. So when we pray, we are actually standing in agreement with that which God already knows and that releases the answers. But if we don't avail ourselves in prayer, God will never answer our prayer if it has not been uttered by us, right? May the Lord richly bless you even as um, we push forward in prayer. We pray without ceasing. We pray relentlessly. We pray um, continuously and consistently. The key is consistency in prayer. Don't pray once in a while. Don't pray once off, but pray all the time. The Bible says men always ought to pray. You know, and it says pray without ceasing. So we need to be in the presence of the Lord through prayer at all time. Pray in the morning, pray in the evening, pray during the day, pray at night, all the time. When you have time to pray, God has time to listen. May the Lord richly bless you, you and your entire family. You are protected, you're covered by the blood of the Lamb. And remember, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So with regards to what Jesus said, he's showing us that um, what killed him is not the situation of being in the cross, but what killed him is what he said while he was on the cross. So we, what, what kills us is not necessarily our situations, but what kills us are the things we say while we go through the situation. So we should not glorify situation, but in the case of Jesus, he had to die. Um, because that was his mission. He came to die to redeem mankind from sin um, so that we can take his position of righteousness. He takes our positions of unrighteousness and then he dies on our behalf and then we live in holiness, right? Let's walk in um, sinless perfection. Let's walk in holiness because it was paid for by the blood of Jesus. Now, I set you free from sickness and disease. Um, I set you free from uh, principalities and powers. I set you free from any oppression, demonic oppression, um, demonic possession. I set you free from that in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare the power of the blood of Jesus. The Bible says they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Um, who is the lamb? It is none other than Jesus, who was the sacrificial offering um, on behalf of humanity so that we can have divinity and be in the right standing with God so that we can qualify the verse that says, we approach the throne of grace with boldness that we may obtain mercy and grace in times of need. No, you can't just um, approach the throne of grace. Um, you, you need to have been forgiven because um, that part of the tabernacle, that part of the dimension uh, in the tabernacle, uh, it needs a repented person. It needs a person in the right standing with God for you to approach the throne of grace. You must be blood washed. You must have repented. You must have uh, been forgiven first before you can approach the throne of grace. But because we are washed by the blood of the Lamb, we boldly approach the throne of grace um, and we come to um, the mercy seat of God 
the mercy seat becomes the judgment seat if we have not repented and then God will judge us and punish us. But uh, if we have repented, it becomes the mercy seat and then it becomes the throne of grace. So we'll obtain both the grace and the mercy of God. May the Lord richly bless you. Till we meet again, in Jesus' name, amen.